Welcome to Opacity, a podcast about working in design. Craig, what are your thoughts on design exercises when it comes to interviewing for design jobs? It's a pretty big question, Tom. We deal with big topics here. <laughs> and a question that some people have, have talked about, obviously, but really like the design of design interviews is a whole topic. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier and you pulled out a few tweets. Yeah. Some things in the Twitter sphere of various designers who we all are um, aware, well, not all of us, but um, who are active on Twitter. Yeah. Had some interesting opinions, uh, interesting perspectives on design exercises in particular. Mm-hmm. But then that topic sort of expands to design interviews across the board. And the overall like really, experience. Yeah. And the overall experience of like designing the experience of interviewing, which is an interesting and cool topic, yeah. very relevant topic for interviewers, interviewees, and everyone in between. No matter what kind of designer you are, you're going to come across, you're going to have to do interviews of, of different types throughout your career. So sometimes they're very formal, sometimes they're very protracted, and there's lots of different gates that you need to get through and different people that you need to meet. Sometimes it's really informal, it's a coffee chat, you know, and then there's a right fit and decisions are made there in a very informal way. The Twitter exchange that we were talking about earlier on it's from last year it's with um jared spool put out a question just basically asking people how they felt about design exercises and there was kind of some heated and varied answers that came back people taking the side against design exercises as a way to to vet people to find out if they're the right person for the job Uh, and then people saying conversely no i think they're really good because portfolios don't just do the job you need to get to know the person so do you have a particular side of the fence that you're on? I think we'll get there. I think I'm maybe exploring it. Okay. Um, I Let's think, unpack it a bit. Then. Yeah, I think we should, it should be unpacked. Um, can you can you read out the original tweet just so we have a frame of reference of where this all began? Well, the initial tweet was from Jared Spool from uh, March of 2018. And he, he basically says, questions for hiring managers of UX design and re- research positions. If you do in-interview design challenges, what do you hope to learn about the candidates? You can't get any other way. And for those of you who don't do them, why not? So that was the initial tweet to kind of spark the conversation. There was strong, some strong opinions on both sides of the camp. That was like, that was how it kicked it off. Maybe just to, to clarify, because they maybe go by a few different names. Design challenges. What What is a design challenge in an interview? Okay. What's your understanding of it? Yeah, so there's different types of design challenges that I've seen in the past. So you can have like take-home challenges, which means that you might do a couple of interviews beforehand to get to see make sure you're the right fit and make sure you know that you, you you pass that gate of the interview process and if you do um you might get a, a design challenge which may might be do this at home uh, spend x amount of hours on it usually like three or four hours or something and then come back in and present it to the team so that's one way of doing it that means you've got a lot more time to think about it um and you can put more effort in you can put more time in if you want an ever expanding amount of time an ever expanding amount of time yeah when do you when do you draw the line uh, when does it cross over from actually being like, you know, you put more effort in to you being disingenuous about how productive you are with your time. If someone says spend four hours and then you spend eight, you know, you're kind of setting up the wrong expectations potentially. Uh, and then there's also in interview design challenges, which is what Jared is talking about. So basically like whiteboard challenges. If you come in and you're dealing with a team, they give you a problem and on the spot, they want to see how you react and how you go through the approach, uh, your process to, problem solve in the room in front of people that's one way of doing it 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it seems like the primary one that, that I'd be familiar with is the in-person or sorry, in interview challenge, the mm-hmm. take home one. I've only had one and I hated it with a passion. Why is that? Like for me, it was, it was unclear what I was meant to do. It was actually given to me before, like I had only had phone interviews, phone interviews. And then they sent me this challenge to do. And it's like, I don't know anything about you. I don't know what your product is. I don't know. There's so much I don't know that doing this in a vacuum and not having a team to to ask questions and respond. Like, I think they maybe said, yeah, feel free to send us any questions. But like, I've never met these people in person. It was a really weird kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was given this thing to do. And like, I had some amount of time. It wasn't even clear when I was supposed to deliver it. Uh, it was just all really unclear. And then the amount of time that I had to spend on it, it was just, like I said, ever expanding. Like I could literally sit there for three nights and my entire time would be spent preparing this thing in a vacuum for this company. I don't know anything about other than I'm interested in working there mm-hmm. because they had a job opening. Yeah. Um, it was like all of the things that you need in order to be an effective designer weren't there. Yeah. It was just me and my computer with this prompt like that's that's not so it sounds like they made a lot of mistakes there they yeah kind of poorly written written brief obviously probably too specific was it something they were looking to do to do on their product it wasn't even on their product it was it was something that yeah it was it was poorly written would be an understatement but i wonder like to what extent that is the norm like i think well-designed interview processes is probably the exception can you do you have experiences going through interviews that you sat back and said well, this is this is well designed mm-hmm. like someone someone really put thought and care into the experience of the interviewer like i don't know i don't i don't know if i have many of those well, on both sides of the table like even when i've had to organize interviews myself it's like it's always a last minute thing it's always it's never there's never all that time to to design it mm. well it takes a lot of time to do yeah. it it's, it's, it's almost a, like a privilege to be able to actually to do that it's a design brief in itself to design a brief for someone else uh, and it's very easy as well i think to design something like a one-size-fits-all type thing that you rely on so you might be asking the wrong questions depending on who you're dealing with you could have a something that's tailored for a ux designer user experience designer and you could have someone who's more visual designer and you know you're probably asking them the wrong questions it's they're, they're not the same thing it's not a cookie cutter type thing um, but on to your question of did they ever have a, a decent experience? Yeah, I, I've done a couple of them. Um, and the last time I was changing roles, I did interviews with a couple of different companies and they were quite different. And I, I had preference for some over the others. For example, the one I preferred the most was all kind of done in a very short space of time. I met a lot of the team, met about eight or nine people in, in the whole day. There was like two in pairs. So like for like 30, 15 or 30 minutes, I can't remember exactly. And got to got to know them, got to ask them all the questions. They got to ask me lots of questions. It was very much, I wouldn't say informal, but it was casual enough. It was more to see how what our personality types were like and see if we could actually gel. So before lunch, I had met like about eight, eight or nine people on the team and gotten a good idea of what they were like. They got a good idea of what I was like. And in the afternoon, it was um, like a white bar ex- exercise. There's different types of white bar exercises. I think I thought this one worked quite well where they gave me a design challenge. And then I basically had 45 minutes or so to, to complete it in the room on my own, prepare for them to come back in and I would present it to them. So I know a lot of places will actually just get you to give you a challenge and just see how you re- react in real time against the whiteboard, show your process, think out loud and all the type of stuff. And I understand 
some places like to do that because the, the case for that is that you can see how people deal with challenges um, you're not necessarily looking for the answer the correct answer but you're you're getting making sure that they're going through the right process so it's kind of like getting graded on mathematics you know you get x amount of points for the right answer but you get more points to sh for showing that you you understand it and you went through the right process so that one i, I thought that one worked quite well because it was a very intense day but at the end of the day i had met a lot of the team got a good feel for what they were like uh did an interesting um it was kind of a disarmingly fun exercise that they had but again it was like thinking about uh, product design so the, the questions that they had were all very practical even though they were kind of masked with this kind of sense of humor so does that make sense so it was kind of like they were asking real technical questions and real probing questions but it was all in this environment of of kind of a fun type exercise cool i wonder if it's if it's good um since you know we opened with this um tweet from jared spool uh because what came out of that were two you know well-known um designers uh, responding to that with two very different um kind of perspectives on this topic of design challenges um maybe shall i just read yeah read them yeah, and yeah. i'll put on my twitter voice do your twitter um, voice yeah um, so the first um, response, again, this is a tweet from Jared Spool asking for UX uh, hiring managers um, are in are in interview challenges something that you that you do have had success with. So the first response we'll talk about is from Peter Merholz. Not sure if I'm saying his name right. So his here's here's how he responded to the question: Design challenges are a scourge. There's literally nothing you can learn in a design challenge that you can't learn by having them walk you through the decision-making of a project in their portfolio. It sets up an exceedingly false context and favors a narrow band of thinker. And then another tweet, the language is telling. A design challenge suggests a suspicious, even adversarial relationship in the interview process. And many of these responses demonstrate that, which I feel is a horrible mindset. Prove your worth to me. All right, so that's the first. Those are two tweets from from Peter here. I think it's interesting. I think it's um, like I don't disagree with it, but I'm not sure I resonate with it. How do you feel about, yeah. about the? Yeah, when you when you hear someone, you know, worded in that way, it sounds like yeah, that makes sense. I can totally understand some of those points that he's making there. It's only when you kind of dig in a little bit deeper that you can kind of interrogate some of the, some of the points that he makes and see. Yeah, is there a counterpoint to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, he says there's nothing you can learn from it. Um, I'd, I'd wonder about that. I mean, I think there's something you can learn from every conversation with somebody, even if, like, you, you mm -hmm. could possibly learn more about a person going out for a coffee than you can from their portfolio, mm -hmm. I think, possibly. Yeah. Or you learn different types of things. And it's really, I think, a matter of, like, what you're trying to learn that's more important. Um, like, comparing walking through a portfolio project, which, like, every portfolio project, if, unless it was done in a dark room on their own, it was done with a, with a team, most likely. Yeah. Actually, that's probably more valuable if the work was done with a team. But every portfolio project has multiple team members who had different roles and they had a role within this. And it's not always clear, you know, it won't be clear, it won't be possible to be 100% clear, like what the role of that person actually is. Like, yeah. they'll explain it to you and tell you what their role was in the project, but, you know, they could, that could be, could be made up right yeah like, of course like, you could take more credit than your yeah. your, your deserved yeah or they could even down maybe i mean some people might even downplay themselves yeah yeah it's true um to say oh well like i was a very insignificant player in this project yeah when in fact they actually were a critical piece mm. and like, maybe they offered something that they didn't even maybe they're just too like humble or shy to to 
to own up to. You know, yeah. that's a thing that people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the he also says the design challenge suggests suspicion, um, and that there's some kind of a tension between the interviewer and interviewee. Mm. I think I'm not sure. It's an interview. Like it's an interview. And there's always a bit of that. Like there's always yeah. it's always a bit of a game. I find like anytime I interview for yeah, a role, are. like you know, you're meeting people you don't know, and we're talking about you're trying to impress them, but not seem like you need to impress them. And yeah. it's, it's a it's a game, right? It's kind it's of a natural. It's a social. It's yeah. It's it's a it's a weird phenomenon to interview for a job. And the power there's a, there's a power imbalance as well. Yeah, the dynamic there is. Uh, yeah. They have the they have the natural power because they're making the decision. Hmm. But if you can make them believe that you have the power and that you don't care if you hire they hire you or not, but then if you don't care, do they seem say, well, this person doesn't really care? Yeah. You know, it's like it's a weird. There's so many dynamics at place in in play that it's like, you know, I think you got to play hard to get, but not yeah. Like I don't achievable. think I don't think having a quote like a design challenge makes things more suspicious. Yeah, it's just. It's just putting things on display, and that's that. Obviously, can be, yeah, can be interrogated whether that's a good thing or not. I, no, I take his point there when he's talking about the challenge and the whole kind of like adversarial relationship in an interview process. I mean, even for even for designers, generally interviews are a lot more casual for us than most industries where you, you wear like a, a shirt and tie, and it's all very formal, and you come in. There's a certain kind of etiquette that you need to follow, whereas like we can just turn up in any kind of clothes we want to wear it's generally a little more casual yeah i was when i when i started interviewing um for design jobs i was really unsure because every job i had had before like you would go with a tie and a jacket and i'd have my nice yeah. little like fake leather uh, bound thing with my cv in it ready to take notes with my pen blah blah, blah all this stuff nice. like, Man of like town. you know like that was before and then and then you go for a design interview and it's like oh, what are the like, if i wear that i'm gonna look like overdressed yeah i'm not gonna look like i fit this this part um but how casual is too casual well anyway that's that's a, maybe a side thing but um it's a balance yeah it is like like it's all like that dynamic though the dynamic of the interview um between the interviewer and interviewee and like what are the agreed what's the that, that it's a complex relationship <laughs> um and it's i don't know i think i think maybe at least i mean obviously taking somebody's tweet is not uh, a full description of, of what this person thinks so like that's a caveat mm. but at least what's what's mentioned you know I don't I don't think there's that I don't think design challenge and if it's really about the word challenge I can call it a design activity you can call it design fun time yeah. you can call it whatever you want if it's yeah. just a, if it's a word choice then it's really not it's it's more about the activity that you do and like is that effective and is there a reason for it mm. Yeah, he wrote another, uh, Peter Merhels wrote another article actually about design exercises are bad interviewing practice. And one of the quotes I took from there is the, the, the context in which the challenge is given, typically narrowly time boxed and with uh, little information and little support, is wholly artificial. And so whether a candidate succeeds or fails is not a medium, meaningful indicator of actual practice. There's nothing you will find out in such a test that you couldn't better learn through probing a candidate about their portfolio. No, I think it's, I think it's totally, it's a fair point that. Like this is an artificial scenario, but it's like everything. I I feel like the entire interview process is artificial. Like it's all artificial. It's all staged. Yeah. That this you know to go into an interview, whether you're interviewer or interviewee, and think that by the end, from both sides, that the that the interviewee, the the job seeker, is actually going to be able to to see what this company's like. Mm -hmm. Like no way. Yeah, yeah. To to think that. 
the interviewing team is actually going to understand who this person is and what makes them tick and what value they would bring. No way. Yeah. I think both sides of the table, it's just, it's a crapshoot and like, it's a guess and you, you try to, to wring out, wring out the towel and, and get as much juice as you can from it. Um, but it's, it's just, it's a guess. Like, you know, I think it, it's, it's, it reminds me of some arguments, um, around product research. The idea that product research is often conducted in a vacuum, you know, getting doing usability studies with with users and hooking up uh, cameras and getting them in weird rooms and having them use your product. And the fact is that that whole that whole setup is staged, mm. and therefore how they behave in that cannot be like as long as there's somebody watching you do something. Yeah, it's not natural. That will not be natural in any it's a way. Simulation. So it's a simulation, and so therefore all like research simulations they have value but until that product is tested in real world scenarios and actually seeing if it's if it's actually successful and people are actually using it that's the thing that really matters yeah so i think to compare it with interviews it's like until like you do your best you can to figure out who this person is and then you make the decision your best case your best guess just like your best product that you want to get out based on the research you have Mm -hmm. um and and hopefully the person works out, but maybe they won't. Maybe in a week they'll say, "Screw this, I'm out of here." Mm. Maybe they'll stay for six months, and then they'll totally derail all your projects and <laughs> kill you from within. Yeah. Maybe they'll like end up being the most valuable person you could ever hire. Yeah, and like I don't think there's any way to tell that from day one. Um, so interviews are just just a guess. It's a good point, actually, and I like the the metaphor there, the, the drawing the parallel with user testing because it is a, an artificial environment or an artificial setup it's a simulation of you know what are you actually going to be like in real life uh, and you're likely going to be to say all the right things and do all the right things as much as you can but when it actually comes to stress testing someone and see how they actually behave in real life when they're coming in and working there day after day um i suppose that's kind of the point you're making there you need to spend a bit of time and I suppose that's what probations of periods are for, for both the employer and for mm-hmm. the employee. If it's, yeah. not for, if it's not right for you, that's okay. You can leave in that time. Yep. If you're not right for the company, well, same thing. You know, yep. they can uh, you can move on somewhere else. Where yeah. they're a better fit. Yeah, and I think uh, it might be good to bring in the other the other kind of opinion. Yeah. Um, so there was also some involvement from Andy Budd, uh, who's a designer and CEO of Clear Left. His tweet was interesting. Um, So what he said is uh, resumes are largely useless as they're littered with often baseless claims of expertise. He says portfolios are better, but there's no guarantee that the work represented was done primarily by the person claiming they did the work, which we we already talked about a bit. Um, So he says, so I've seen several cases of people passing off work. I know it was done by someone else. That's very easy to do with a resume and with a portfolio when you don't have someone else in the room yep. to say, oh, actually, I did that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a well-known thing that, you know, resumes or CVs are bloated with extra things that you probably mm-hmm. didn't actually do. Yeah, yeah. And all the words are framed in ways that, I mean, they're a tool, right? But uh, so, and he goes on to say, he says also, um, you have very little understanding of the constraints people were working under when they produced that work, which is hugely valuable. Uh, or like a valid, really valid thing to say. Um, he says, so it's difficult to judge work done in large, highly mature teams with a well-established process and design language versus a freelancer or small agency worker. I mean, I think that's super important to bring in the context because yeah. like understanding, it's almost like 
an interview, someone showing you a piece of portfolio, have them talk like 70% about the context that they were in. Mm. Who were the players? What were the roles? What what were the constraints? What were the issues? What, what, I mean, yeah. internal politics, all these things like that are actually the real world. Like to be able to perceive them and respond to them, I feel like is is a is something designers need to yeah. to have to be effective. Um, is all those soft skills that come in. Um, but like for a designer to articulate that in an interview, like this was the context we were in. Um, these are the deadlines we had. These were the unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. These were the pressures from above, pressures from below. This was the like internal demons I was fighting. Like, I don't know that I feel like that gives a good like self-awareness is like, I think a hugely valuable thing. Yeah. Anyone, like people without self-awareness, I think is very destructive. Yeah. Um, so having that is like, can be. It's kind of a red flag if someone's like saying, oh, everything went perfectly and I did all this and I did this and this and this and everything went really smoothly. Everything was my idea. Uh, You know, that's kind of But it seems like that that could be, that almost fits with like how you're supposed to interview. Yeah. Like I remember getting advice, like you don't go into an interview and say, like you don't start blaming, oh, well, like I had this terrible boss, they did this, (laughs) oh, and then this stupid designer, like he was steamrolling the work and then all this other person and then all this and that like you know you obviously can't blame everything but like to frame it in a way that this is the context you're working in shows shows like shows perception self-awareness awareness of your surroundings Mm -hmm. and the ability to respond and like those outside of like if this is like a digital design position like throw the ui out the window like if you can figure out those things you can upscale in other areas that mm-hmm. we need you to upscale in you know yeah 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 good point um and i think it also depends on on the role that you're, that you're applying for in the company because you know you might want to com- come across as more of a as a generalist if the, if the role is more you know tailored towards that so you might say oh i took i did this and i did this and i did this and take a bit more credit than you actually did mm-hmm. because you're like you feel the need to prove your chops in those extra areas. Yeah. Yeah. Like who's this person going to be working under? What's the body of the work that they're going to be focused on now? Mm. What do we see this role expanding to? And can this person expand to that? Do they even have an interest in it? Yeah. You know, is there, is the way they talk about design, does it, does it match up with their actual portfolio and background? Yeah. Or is there like a disconnect? Like maybe this person, you know, let's say a person comes in with um, maybe like more of like a front end development background, but mm-hmm. wants to be more of a designer. Um, like, are they are they able to connect what they want to do? Not to say they shouldn't be hired as a designer, but are they able to connect what they want to do with their past? And yeah, and another point that Andy Wood makes as well is is the most important thing for me is gaining a deep understanding of the person's thought process in the moment rather than post rationalized. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. Because although it is, it can be stressful in those situations where you're in the interview, doing an exercise, dealing with these things out loud, processing the, you know, the problem in your head in real time, that doesn't suit everybody, you know, and not, you could be a really good designer who thinks a bit slower, you know, as in like, just likes to digest the problem, really mull it over. Maybe you're a little bit more introverted. You don't, some people talk to think, but a lot of people don't. And they like to internalize stuff, really mull it over, think about it deeply, and then come back when they actually have something to say that they feel is of value. And not just, I think in a, in, in a white, say a whiteboard challenge where they're asking you something and you're standing at a whiteboard, there's like, you've got to almost immediately react 
with the right questions in the right order, you know, activate a room with a, with a whiteboard marker and a pen. That might not be everyone's personality type. So you could you could go with someone who's more confident over someone who would actually be a better fit in the long term. But they're just a bit they just have a different process that doesn't lend itself so well to that in person exercise. Yeah, it sort of questions the 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 value of it, or at least it, it means the the interviewers who are conducting this need to be like vigilant about that mm-hmm. and say that this isn't necessarily for everybody. This isn't to test your your extra introvertedness mm. that's even a word um like for me i consider myself more on the introverted side of things but i actually i really like design exercises i think for people like myself who um, moved into design from another background uh, design exercises was the perfect way for me to prove like that i think like a designer mm-hmm. um, and that i can can offer immense value to this work yeah it's not about my resume. It's not even about my like. I have a portfolio, but it's like whatever. It's it's, it's just not going to win. It's not going to win the job mm-hmm. um, on its own. But I think if I can get in the room, then I can, you know, push that forward. Yeah. Because because of kind of an energy or an excitement or a, a way of thinking that I think I could convey. That was that was my mindset when I was trying to get in. Let me use let me use the real world to like. Yeah, absolutely. To m- manipulate their minds to think that I'm <laughs> the right guy for the job. But that was my scenario. Like other people who maybe maybe someone has an amazing portfolio and they come in and maybe they're more of an introverted person who doesn't want to get up and, and do it, which I think like everybody should on a team should feel comfortable, but not everybody's going to feel comfortable from day one meeting somebody to get up and like, you know, empty their veins in front of everybody as like this is this is my soul, mm. bear their soul to the world. Yeah. Say, These are my ideas. This is, this is how I would approach this. But there is, there's still a need. Like if someone is not able to do that, will they be effective? And yeah. then again, like you were saying, what's the role? Like, and how's this? Yeah. And, and some of the, some of the, some of the things that you will get from an interview or you try to get from an interview is like, how do they handle feedback and other people's ideas in real time? Mm. You know, it's very easy. And that point that Andy Budd made about post-rationalizing. But when actually someone says, "Oh, okay, you've just said that thing, or you've asked that question. What did you mean by that? Or what? Why don't you? Try, what have you tried this other thing?" And you can see how people did they get defensive? You know, are they? Do they come across as someone who's like open to other ideas, but is firm and you know, you know, what, what, knowing when to push and when to pull, um, and also how they communicate. And we mentioned that before, like communication skills, I think are very important. You know, you can be a very intelligent person, but if you can't verbalize or communicate to other people you know, intent, the the rationale for ideas, I I that stuff. If if that's weak, then that's a problem, you know. So I think I think maybe to kind of summarize what a lot of what we said and just sort of the main points, I think one of the fundamentals is is the context of the interview. It's not about is challenge our challenge is good, our challenge is bad. It's very contextual. I think like everything in design, you know, it depends. So if uh, depending on the company's context, where the company's at, depending on that team, what are the roles in the team, what needs to be filled, mm-hmm. and then the specific role that you're hiring for, what does that person need to be? Mm-hmm. And if a design challenge or a design exercise or an activity, whatever the hell you call it, if that will help you learn more about this person, then I think it should be done. If it won't, then it shouldn't be there. And maybe instead of a design challenge, it's about going down the street and getting a cup of coffee and talking to this person about yeah. like a formative experience in kindergarten that you know changed their life like 
you know, those things can actually be more effective. Yeah. But that context, I think, is, is central. Yeah. Depends on the company as well. If you're, if you're a company who's scaling really fast, for example, you might have a process that might tend to be a bit more full on for people. Uh, maybe you're dealing with a lot of candidates coming in. If you're a smaller company, uh, you're more hands-on, then maybe you can be a bit more casual. And that's kind of, that's that tends to be the kind of design slash creative agency type hires. Um, but I think, as you're saying, yeah, it depends. It really does depend. But it, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's considerations either way. I think people should be, com- people who hire and people who interview should be willing to receive feedback and give feedback as well at the end of the process. So even if you didn't get the job, it's it's not a bad idea to give some feedback if you didn't think it went so well. If, or if you know, it might have, you might have gone on really well, but it didn't paint the company in a very good light the way they framed questions at you or something like that. You know, if they were overly, felt overly adversarial, as Peter was saying, that could paint, paint them in a bad light. And, you know, maybe that's an indication of what the company's like, or maybe it's just, it's not a good indication because when people are in that situation where it's all simulated, sometimes people take on a different persona. You know, I'm going to be the, the bad cop yep. when it's actually not what they're like at all in real life. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one of the overarching themes is just the importance of designing the interview process. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying before, maybe it's it feels like a privilege that like our team doesn't have the ability to do that because there's no time and let's just leave it as an HR thing. Mm-hmm. They'll sort it out. But the fact is, like, I think designers are really good at designing things um, on the whole. Like, mm-hmm. I think everybody can have can have uh, you know expertise in designing things, whether it's processes and everything. But I think design the way designers typically approach things is a good way to do it. So it's good to be involved and um, even like to form sort of a partnership with the design team and HR to work together to mm-hmm. design that. Like, you may find that that really impacts hiring across the company yeah. um, in, in a really good way. But that that last bit of like feedback, like how does how yeah. does feedback and how do, how do you show to the interviewer that you want their feedback as well? Like, yeah. like feedback on the interview processes and that I've never been asked uh, after an interview, like, how did you find this? Like, yeah, it might be interesting to think about, like, what do people actually experience? Like, oh, well, this person was kind of a, an ass when I talked <laughs> to them, but this person was really nice. And this person this person alone made me want to work at this company yeah at this person like i don't know if people would be that transparent because mm. there's still that like dynamic yeah um simulation but like it's just the point is like not get feedback or not it's just designed from from the moment that a person sees your 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 call out or how you get possible people into the funnel mm-hmm. up until the point that they're rejected or accepted in most cases rejected yeah um like how you handle that because i feel like there's so many holes in every company like the number of times i've been ghosted by companies that just like you interview with them and then you don't hear anything and you end up falling back and like i'm guilty of doing the same thing because people get busy and yeah you're not front of your mind for them and it's the interviewer is like sitting there hoping for the call every day or the interviewees hoping for the call every day and <laughs> The company's like, who's this person? I don't even remember talking to them three months yeah, ago. Yeah. So, I think you need to treat it like an onboarding product for your company. And in order for it to improve it, you need to test it and refine it. Get feedback from real users, even if it is a simulation. Yeah, well, good. I think that's maybe a good place to to wrap her up. Put, yeah. a, put, a, put a bow on the old design challenge discussion. Agreed. I think we, we solved it, right? We cracked them. It's up. done, yeah. It's done. 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 Let, let Jared Spool, Andy Budd, and Peter Morales know that we solved it. Cool. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Opacity. Uh, as we mentioned before, we are on 
all the places you get your podcasts so you can subscribe anywhere. Tom, where can the folks find you in the world? I'm on Twitter at, at Tom C Design. How about you? Best to check me out on Medium at medium.com slash at Craig5446 or just search Craig Phillips. Hopefully I pop up or I guess Instagram, uh, Craig5446 on Instagram. Twitter? And Twitter YC Phillips, but yeah. Yeah, those are the places. Cool. Uh, well, thanks again for listening and uh, talk to you next week. Till next time. Bye-bye.